Welcome to Madam's Hoes and Gigolos, a podcast about the history of sex work and historical events surrounding sexual revolutions. I am your host, Heather, and with me are my friends, Connor and Anthony. And with me as well is friend to the podcast and friend to the show. Wait, that made no sense. <laughs> that sounded really good. <laughs> I'm getting excited okay. right now. Friend to the podcast and our friend in real life, Diddy. Together, we've created a bi-weekly podcast discussing all topics about a timeless taboo. The history of sex, sex work, sexual revolutions, and sometimes scandals. What is happening, guys? Hello, it's been, gentlemen. Again, I feel like it's been a long time since we've been in this room together, and I am so happy to have <laughs> Diddy here with us as well. This is like a... We've been wanting Diddy to be in this studio for <laughs> right. a while now. Right. Well, well you guys did. <laughs> Hopefully I live up to the hype, right? Uh, well, yeah. There's a lot of pressure that, that comes with this whole gig, by the way. So Can't see not... me sweating on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't want to brag or anything, but I do have to humble brag because you knew Brent since childhood. Yes. And I've known Diddy since childhood, but this time I brought photographic wow. Oh, oh wow. Diddy, who is that boy wow. right there? He Ooh. has no idea. I just pulled Where out did our, you get our elementary school yearbook. 1986. <laughs> 19, you're a 1986 Cascade <laughs> Cougar. That is how far we go back. That school doesn't even exist anymore. This is legit. Look that at that hair. 35 years ago. Well, you were voted best hair in the eighth grade, too. So. That's what I should have brought that if I knew you were bringing this. <laughs> best hair in well, eighth grade. You still I got remember, it. I remember. I remember. Did that inspire you continually like <laughs> having the best hair in the room? Like you won it in the fourth grade. And then from then on. It, it was, was a lot all... to live up to. I mean, sure. if, if I didn't have my hair, I would be a mess. I don't have. <laughs> Why a... did you look right at my bald head? Because <laughs> it's a very good bald head. Like I have an almond-shaped head, so you it wouldn't what? look good. Everyone says that until they shave their head. And they I realize shaved it. That, yeah. that did, doesn't look good. No, most people no. have really weird-shaped heads. Yours is a good one. <sighs> would you be you the be right. minority of heads? <laughs> No air quotes needed for that. <laughs> Can I just point out in this picture the jeans I'm wearing? Are they, did the trend come back or? Trends seem to be Ooh, recycled. Wow. Oh yeah, I feel wow. like that is a recycled <laughs> The distressed denim look. Good point. Uh, this yearbook is like a hit list. What is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Why did these teachers have lines through their names? Yeah. I was trying to highlight yeah. them. I was like, <laughs> what is that? Uh, what is that? The ones that are going to be eliminated later? <laughs> yeah. Right. Miss. Um, oh, Mrs. Donson was. Oh, wait, maybe it was. Well, we're glad that Diddy's here to talk to us because today we're talking about Operation Climax. Quick disclaimer, like we usually do. We are simply covering facts we have believed to be the most reliable from conducting our own research online. If there are any other details that we did not cover, or if there are any inconsistencies in the real case, then we apologize deeply and feel free to leave them in the comments to correct us. Inspiring hundreds of TV shows, movies, and conspiracy theories, the secret CIA project was officially known as MKUltra. It's a story of government black ops, drugs, cover-ups, and murder. Operation Climax was a sub-project of MKUltra, 
a top secret program that sanctioned the use of psychoactive drugs on American citizens. MK Ultra. Can't tell if it sounds like a rapper, like MF Doom or a beer. <laughs> or a new drink, I was going to say. A new trendy drink. You get the MK Ultra. The CIA set up several brothels within agency safe houses in San Francisco to obtain a selection of men who would be too embarrassed to talk about the events. The men were dosed with LSD and sex workers were instructed in the use of postcoital questioning to investigate whether its unknowing test subjects could be convinced in revealing secrets while being watched by agents behind a one-way glass. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so these men were given acid, and unbeknownst to them, and they were sex given workers. Acid. The sex workers would come in, have sex with them, and then ask them questions about their missions. After. If they had missions, it was just to see how the drugs were reacting to these men, and if they could get information. Not necessarily any kind of specific information just information <laughs> to see what the lsd was doing to these men who and were the guys were they like spies yes. or just no they spies. were just random people that would pick up these women and then the women would take them to this safe house and these women were trained interesting to how do you sign up for, for was it really <laughs> called operation climax yes yeah. that was the name climax yes. so it yeah. couldn't be a little more discreet at all right right so yeah did like someone, operation jimmy or something someone slips you some acid and then a sex worker does one over on you <laughs> and then just starts asking you questions about your life. Do you That's answer fine. those questions or you keep your mouth shut? I would probably answer. You depends probably what would. the questions are though. Depends on your and tolerance depends for on acid. what she's doing. Like, do I got to put a lollipop in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> do I got to like play rap music what, while I like pull her hair? What flavor lollipop? I gotta go with cherry. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. of course, man. So Blue like a big weird. lollipop or like yeah. a dum-dum? Like, does size matter? Uh, well, you start with a dum-dum, <laughs> then you work your way up. <laughs> I just had a vision, because I just got back from Disneyland. You remember the old school? Oh, the unicorn That would be dirty. We'd have to know each other to pull that up. I would say just a ball. Okay. Yeah, like a ball. Something you buy at the drugstore. Again, I think you're forgetting that you're on acid at this point. Could you imagine the colors on acid? <laughs> so was it about the drug or was it about the information it's about the drug they wanted to see how they could use the drug and so they were getting unknown test subjects to see what they could get out of them so they weren't really caring about what this person's family was like or any of their problems they were just trying to see the brain functions and what the ability the lsd could do hmm. especially in intimate situations gotcha it wasn't about catching spies no it was about how can we use lsd to put cool lollipops right. in our how mouth. can we use this <laughs> mind to alter how can we alter minds using this drug was the the focus see my 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 question is is like where why the sex workers too like yeah where, i was also yeah. wondering like do you, like, you could probably do it with just the lsd right. or just the prostitutes but right. do you need both do you need both yeah yeah question. <laughs> you do not need probably. both yeah the government did figure that you know maybe because men were more talkative or more vulnerable after climax mm. that's why they hired sex workers to come in do their job and then they would talk to them when men were the most quote-unquote air quotes here vulnerable well and we talked about that too because after climax you release uh that serotonin the and the, the love the oh. love hormone 
serotonin. There was another one. Oxytocin. Oxytocin. Yes, exactly. Even though men men only have three hours worth after climax and women have three (laughs) weeks worth. Is that true? That's what we learned from from the dating coach, Jessica. That's right, we did. I'm an outlier then. (laughs) (laughs) Like three months of storage. You fall in love immediately after climax? No. Well, you didn't call me again. I know that. (laughs) I do like to cuddle. I like to cuddle, but maybe I just feel bad, you know? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I care about you. He he has rejected me. I have a question. So I've gone to raves and I've done LSD. Okay. All right. And never like ever do I go like get really like horny on LSD. Usually it's like ecstasy. I wonder if it's an environment thing. Yeah. Because I've done ecstasy before and I wasn't really. Well, ecstasy, I've definitely been excited. But, well, I, but LSD, I'm like, is that a banana coming out of her ass or something? Like, I'm tripping <laughs> out. You know what I mean? Yeah, ecstasy, I've only done once, and it wasn't exciting for me. I have only done LSD once, and you're absolutely right. Right? I, it was a banana? It, it definitely was a banana <laughs> that came out of her ass. No, um, I had, yeah, no sexual urges Yeah, I'm freaking out. All. Like, yeah, people I was are chasing like, me. Yeah, okay, yeah, but you, yeah. you guys are forgetting an important part of the story. These guys went to the brothels, so you can't, they kind <sighs> okay. of have expectations. They were already there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, so now I get it. They were so already the, their there. their mindset was okay, already. I get it. Yeah. Ours, LSD, ours yeah. was on some something else. Yeah, You're, I was in a speaker. Were, yeah, yeah, you were at a rave. I think I was walking with friends to a 7-Eleven. I wasn't. You know? <laughs> and you guys knew you were on LSD. These guys know. have no okay. idea. And they didn't even have any idea that they were being watched behind a oh, two-way that's f- mirror. That's fucked up. Because, I, yeah, you're right. I knew I was on LSD. Because um, I did it <laughs> to myself. <laughs> but, like, imagine that sort of feeling when you have no idea. Like, you just drank a bottle of water and all of a sudden you're like... Tripping. Yeah. Look at the banana man. <laughs> <laughs> so buried beneath divisions of subgroups in the CIA, MK Ultra began as early as 1950, but wasn't official until 1953, using shady psychiatrists, prisons, and mental institutions to perform these studies and were motivated to combat the Soviet truth serum. It was its purpose was to develop techniques and drugs for mind control. During the 1950s and the 60s, and in the height of the Cold War, the United States government feared the Soviet, Chinese, and North Korean agents were using mind control to brainwash U.S. prisoners after the war in Korea. Hmm. That was so, really good, Heather. Yeah. What war was it? Except Cold you said, War. You said menstrual war. institutions, but I didn't keep that in. Oh, menstrual. <laughs> Minstrel institutions. I, I like that. Did I? Yeah. I think my baby mamas go to that university. <laughs> <laughs> Did I really? Yeah. Yeah. You said minstrel institutions, which are cool. That's a, <laughs> you need to coin that. That's Super like an Instagram cool. right there. Freudian slip. Love a good minstrel <laughs> institution. Minstrel institutions. I mean, it kind of sounded like mental institutions. Just had a little, little, little S in there somewhere. <laughs> I have a little bit of a list. Minstrel institutions. And I would have you know that my lips haven't been done. So. Yeah. Yeah, and good. she you can't. Need that shit. And I didn't know if you know this, Connor, but she can't say Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Spell that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, none of us can spell it. Hell no. C-H-C-H-E-L-O-S-L-O-V-A-T-I-A. In this episode of Madam's Hoes and Gigolos, we're going to discuss MKUltra and Operation Midnight Climax, which is a subproject of MKUltra. We're going to discuss how the CIA secretly ran safe houses, <laughs> payrolled prostitutes, and secretly conducted illegal, unethical, and non-consexual drug experiments with LSD and other wide ranges of substances to find out if sex and drugs could win the Cold War. 
that was great, Connor. You said no. You said consexual. You did. You just said it's consexual. Yes. Well, I guess <laughs> minstrel. I guess we go minstrel. Consexual. Consexual. This, this is a pansexual. Why are we? Why are we? So in April 1953, when the Korean War was coming to an end, the New York Times had published a startling story asserting that American POWs returning to the country may have been converted by communist brainwashers. Ooh, this is like the Manchurian candidate. Yeah, was, that, good call. Yeah. Good call. But like the original. I'm not talking about the one with Tenzel. Damn, there's an original? <laughs> yeah, oh, Frank shit. Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Don't mess with me, really. I swear to God, right. dude. I swear I to God. I believe you. It's creepy. Denzel's solid in that movie, though. Yeah, but he's no Frank Sinatra. I'm just kidding. Fuck Frank Sinatra. The Denzel <laughs> one's way better. <laughs> Reports started circulating of Americans who were captured during the Korean War confessing to biological warfare. Colonel Frank Schwabel and his co-pilot were captured on a combat mission in Korea, allegedly confessing to war crimes like dropping anthrax over Korean civilians and signing confessions to what they had done. Jesus. Like dropping anthrax over civilians. That's yeah. That's out right. of control. I, why didn't they just drop LSD on them and, and a bunch of prostitutes? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. That'd be far better than getting anthrax dropped on you. Yeah. Right? Fucking America, man. <laughs> Schwabel was released from captivity in 1953, and when the Korean War was over, the POW testified during his court-martial hearing about how he was tortured while he was captured, and he was simply playing into the communist hands. America was also accused of openly working with Japanese bacteriological <laughs> war criminals, accusations that are still refuted almost 70 years later. So I'm still confused. Is it the, who are the POWs? The Americans, right? Yes. They were the POWs. And they were the ones slipping them LSD. No. No. We're not to the LSD we're not part. To the, oh, okay. We're, we're okay. to the part okay. where, why they're wanting why they're to conduct it. The LSD. So this okay. is, this is the, you were just you're at Disneyland. So, you know, when you go on Space Mountain because you were just at Disneyland yeah. and you're going up. Uh, we're going, going up right now. Gotcha. Up gotcha. Right now. gotcha. Okay. Others were. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, the anticipation. <laughs> now, is it a Goliath fucking drop or is it just like a. That it's is like stupid that to, to gold determine. Rush. Okay, here we go. Gold <laughs> rush. Others were reportedly so brainwashed that they had refused to return to the United States and others supported communism because of this. The government was convinced these soldiers were given a potion or a pill. Okay, so they were they were getting dosed with something. The government doesn't know what it was, but these POWs decided that they are going. They support their captors. Is that that's that's pretty much? Is that what you're pretty much saying? And they were supporting their captors, and they were like, "What the fuck?" We were like, "What the fuck? Why don't you want right. to come back to America?" They're getting pussy. Right. Well, <laughs> they're I mean, fucking every day. It's got to be. How are you coming home? It's got to be something Let's like that. Right? I mean, that's not Little... necessarily true. They were in war camps, so they're not getting ass. Well, I mean, Stockholm syndrome, right? So. We're still not to the fucking LSD. No, no, no. no, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, but instead of instead of just going like these these guys have been brainwashed or whatever, they think that there's some sort of substance that they're giving our POWs that make them want to stay. Right, and I feel like this is also a very popular trend because in during World War II there were the Night Witches. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they were a Russian squadron of women. And German Nazis were just so convinced that they were given an, a potion because mm. of their accuracy mm. when they would drop bombs on them. Oh. So it, it was it a It couldn't squash- just be 
that they were good at what they did. Yeah, they had to be on yeah, some sort of Yeah, because women potion. couldn't be good at Kinda what like they steroids. did. Yeah, exactly. Shit don't change. These women... Night witches used to come out of my closet, but when I was a kid, different night witch. <laughs> but the the night witches were a Russian squadron of women, like 463, and they used to drop bombs for the Nazis at night. Mm. And they had such accuracy that there was no way women would be able to do this. I've so they have a, to be under a pill. I've known a lot of Russian women. I believe that they can do that. Without a <laughs> yeah. So fear of brainwashing and a new breed of brain warfare terrified and fascinated the American public. The idea of brainwashing also provided many Americans with compelling, almost comforting explanations of communism's swift rise. The idea that Soviets utilized these tools of brainwashing, not only on the enemy combats, but on their own people. Why else would so many countries be embracing such an obviously backwards ideology? American freedom of the mind versus the Soviets' mind control became a dividing line as stark as the Iron Curtain. So they wanted to know why, how they were able to do this. Right. How like, started, how were right? they able to convince yeah. their civilians that... But their way of how they think and how they do things versus having freedom yeah. is okay. The CIA became convinced <laughs> that communists had discovered a drug or technique that would allow them to control human minds. In response, the CIA began its own secret program called MK Ultra to search for a mind control drug that could be weaponized against enemies. MK Ultra, which operated from the 1950s into the early 60s, it wasn't just drugs some agents injected, plutonium into soldiers, and schools in Massachusetts fed kids in the science club were fed radiated oatmeal to see how they would absorb iron and calcium. That's just evil. Radiated oatmeal. Yeah. So like Apple Jacks and shit? Do you think that's where Michelob Ultra got its name? Because uh, <laughs> again, if I have too many Michelob Ultras, I feel like Why I'm under mind control. Why don't you write Michelob and ask them? <laughs> they can be a sponsor. <laughs> what do they mean radiated oatmeal? Like I, like, I make oatmeal in the microwave. Like That is radiated kids, oatmeal. They would feed the kids radiated, the kids in the science club radiated oatmeal and then they would they would see how they, their bodies were absorbing iron and calcium. I think it's like, different could you imagine than that? microwaves. They put I like radiation. Probably, yeah, they know I have microwaves. Then. Yeah. Or even injecting plutonium into their soldiers. You're not allowed to do that. Wouldn't that taste different? Like, oh, this tastes like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spit it out. Like this oatmeal tastes like it's been irradiated. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also worth mentioning that this whole LSD project, before it started on humans, they were doing it on animals. And at one point they had killed an elephant and at another point, they were—they had dolphins in the Caribbean in some NASA camp. Why? Why what? I don't understand how they're doing mind control stuff on dolphins and elephants when well, they can't share well, what's on their this, mind. At this particular note, <laughs> and the prostitutes no. would be totally have, ineffective. <laughs> I have the answer because at this this testing camp that was funded by NASA, um, how they you were, catch the uh, fucking dolphin. They, they were. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to teach the dolphins English. No. Like you do. Yes. Like you do. Yeah. Did you take LSD before this? <laughs> what? <laughs> Look, this is fucking history. Y'all can look it up. And even if I want to get deeper into it, one of the girls who was doing this training with the dolphins was jacking one dolphin off on a regular um, basis. Dolphins I, I swear, and this was a NASA-funded project. How many MK Dol Ultras have you had? Dolphins do have penises. <laughs> have penises. <laughs> and dolphins get really rapey. They'll rape other like fish heads. If there's yeah. like, a dead fish head, right. they'll like... 
Really? And so she it's would the jack, rapiest of all fish. Would, yeah, rapiest. She would manually, <laughs> I've new words during this podcast. This woman would manually relieve this dolphin under why she was studying them. But they used to give the dolphins LSD to see how their brains would react to the drugs. They gave it to an elephant. I mean, they were trying this all on animals before they were giving it to people. Okay, I don't know if that's better or worse. I guess they're still doing it to this day. It's just not LSD, right? I mean, yeah, I think so. we can all agree that it's safe to assume that during a good portion of the 20th century, the government was out of its fucking mind. Yes. And also, this Still is are? the plot to like, like this is the beginning of Captain America, right? Because didn't they give him a bunch of fucking yeah. shit and then he yeah. became fucking the sexy Chris Chris Evans, right? That's Wolverine. <laughs> was that Wolverine? Um, I don't know. You Remember know. Wolverine? They shot him up with all that shit and he was all... Connor, my son's name's Logan. So. Which Chris is the good... The Chris Evans is the good Chris, Chris right? And yeah. he's the Captain America. Chris, Chris Evans. Pratt was the dumb one, right? Right, which is obviously the one that I want to fuck because I always want to fuck of the course, dumb ones. Yeah, you like the doofy, <laughs> like the doofy ones. He's right. the Jurassic Park guy. Wait, did yeah. you, you never looked up like dolphin rape on YouTube? Never. Um, <laughs> she said something else. They gave dolphins the LSD to speak. Something well, speak the, English. The, the yeah. whole Am I tripping? No, yeah, but they no. don't speak other they don't languages. Fucking talk. The whole project was based on <laughs> trying to teach these dolphins English. And in fact, the creator of the show Flipper, this area Flipper. this yeah. area was the inspiration to the TV show Flipper. I, I that's <laughs> wait, hold on. I used to watch Flipper too. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're Did Flipper I and Lassie. Well, Dude. Lassie was kind of weird. I felt like yeah. Lassie kind of. I felt was too cool. hard for Lassie. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Flipper was kind of cool. It's a fucking dolphin. So okay, uh, teaching a dolphin to speak English—that um, seems impossible. That seems like a, a really uh, waste of government resources, right there. Like, what's what's the point? Wait, this was the sixties, guys. This send, was the 60s. I don't think the dolphins were, they want. They didn't want the dolphins to speak English. They wanted them to understand English. Why? So we got like pass no, messages. No, they, they thought from, that. from what I was <laughs> reading, they sense. were thinking that the dolphins could communicate in English. Because oh. they this was also a study that they had done on monkeys before. But monkeys can't speak English. Alan Dulles, the newly appointed director of the CIA, approved the beginning of MK Ultra. It was a top secret CIA program to convert use of biological and chemical materials. American values made a good rhetoric. But Dulles had a far grander plan for the agency's Cold War agenda, believing the fate of the United States rested on this mission. Dulles appointed Sidney Gottlieb, a chemist and spy master who headed the Central Intelligence Agency, 1950-1960s assassination attempts and mind control known as Project MKUltra. Gottlieb's mind control experiments generally centered around behavior modifications via electroshock therapy, hypnosis, polygraphs, radiation, a variety of drugs, toxins, and chemicals, and botulinum. Botulinum. <laughs> so Gottlieb was a chemist and a spy master who ran the fucking CIA. He ran that portion. Dulles ran oh, the, the CIA. C okay. Botulinum. Bot botulinum. Bot botulinum. Bot botulinum. Bot botulinum. Say it again. Botulinum. Shit. Botulinum. Botulinum. That's Bot what I'm gonna go with. Botulinum. Botulinum toxins. Sounds also, like a sexual position. <laughs> Dude, I hit that shit. Botulinum, bro. <laughs> botulinum toxic, also known as miracle poisons, to paralyzing agents were created. They formulated deadly liquids using shellfish toxins and crocodile bile. Analyzed mesaline and marijuana for its truth-seeking properties. I just want to say, I think it's funny that you can't say it, but you put it in your body. 
That's what, that happens with a lot of things. I put a lot of things in my body that I can't speak of. Botulinum toxin. <laughs> that's Botox. It is. is it? Really? Paralyzing yeah. agent. Yep. Uh, so botulinum <laughs> and what else? You said you. Uh, botulinum toxin. It's Botox. Formulated with. Oh. I have an right. appointment tomorrow. Crocodile bile. These experiments relied on a range of test subjects. Some who freely volunteered some who volunteered under coercion, and some who had absolutely no idea they were involved in sweeping defense research program. From mentally impaired boys at a state school to American soldiers to sexual psychopaths at a state hospital, MKUltra programs often preyed on the most vulnerable members of society. And the CIA considered prisoners especially good subjects, as they were willing to give consent in exchange for extra recreational time or commuted sentences. These projects were named after things like Bluebird and hopes to have the informants sing. Wow. Seems a little unethical. That's what I was going to say. Mentally impaired boys. No, yeah, that, that, that part's messed up. I feel like yeah. soldiers, eh, they kind of signed up to do stuff, but they're hopefully getting compensated, right? I feel like, uh, like the beginning of that movie Pineapple Express. Where they're like testing out marijuana on soldiers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like where do you movie. get that detail from? Like, that's I would I would rather do that as a as a soldier than anything else. Than see combat. Yeah. I'd this probably. is my favorite line. The CIA considered prisoners, especially good subjects. What the hell is a good sub? A prisoner who's a good subject? Well, I is that, like know, not a rapist. Or I don't. Something? <laughs> well, they had they murder. Had... You can't shoot him in the fucking head, dude. It, it has to be stealing, and you're a good subject. Dude. I know that that's probably. I guess controversial as well, but I think that like, so when you were talking about Diddy, that the mentally impaired boys, like that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Um, but prisoners, I don't know. I think that I would be for like if if they're if they're into it for that, like that's the only sentences, yeah. stuff like that. These like, prisoners were consenting because they got commuted sentences. Yeah, then who who's really getting hurt here? That's <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably take it. I was. <laughs> How do you say no? Yeah. I mean, they signed on the dotted line. They know the risk. They're like, hey, fuck it. I might get five years off my sentence. I'll do this crazy shit. Like, I'm fine with that. I think we should still do it. This is obviously before attorneys too, right? Like mentally impaired boys. That right. I'm not down with. Were there attorneys back in 19? When the fuck was this? 50? Not yeah. for yeah. mentally yeah. impaired 1908. boys. Shit. 1908. My bad. Wait. 1950. Okay. So Gottlieb sought out George Hunter White. Was just that is that the guy who used to uh, try to talk to dolphins? No. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking killer, dude. <laughs> we will have no more dolphin discussions okay. on this podcast. That will be another that'll be another one. I, that was just a little segue of a hey guys, as gotcha. a matter of fact, let me tell you what NASA did. George Hunter White does sound like a serial killer. Fuck yeah, yeah. Well, it's because we have three names. Mm-hmm. Whenever you've got three f- first names. It's two first names. Well, Hunter's always dicey, right? right? Is right. it John Wayne Hunter's Gacy? Yeah, yeah, you're well. Yeah, whenever you've got three names. Three names. In- when you're John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. George Hunter White. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Sounds like a guy from my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Born in Los Angeles, California on June 22nd, 1908 and graduating from Oregon State College in 1928, he worked as a reporter for five years on the San Francisco Bulletin and Los Angeles Daily News before entering the Mexican Border Patrol in 1933. He applied several times to be a special agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigations. However, he did not demonstrate the right qualifications for the job. During what were the qualifications, though? Yeah, They said that he was too um, hostile and arrogant. 
So they put him on the border patrol. <laughs> <laughs> With that fucking name, George Hunter White. He must think he has a yeah. big ass You know what? You, that's a good point. When, right? you're, when you're on the Mexican border and your name is Hunter White, yeah, yeah. you think your penis <laughs> yeah. is huge. That's right. I got the biggest border penis. I'm George Hunter fucking White, motherfuckers. This guy used to probably fuck shit up at the border. Oh, he didn't just fuck shit up at the border. Let me go on and tell you. <laughs> Literally, right? Fucking shit fucking up. Fucking yeah. shit up. So during the 1930s, the Great Depression hit. Nobody had money, including even the federal governments, which slashed budgets of federal agencies and employees by 15%. And Roosevelt's Economy Act and the commissioner would have to be very, very careful with his budget, especially with the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. That makes sense. The drug trade was beginning to grow, so the head of the Narcotics Bureau, Harry Anslinger, made marijuana his target and his mastermind and the war on drugs, and he made marijuana a felony, claiming it could cause psychosis and insanity. So this Harry Aslicker, as <laughs> uh, Anslinger, Anslinger. Yes. Um, so he's the That's one who actually fucked up last night. <laughs> Either like mine was bad. At least I'm just our titty, yeah. shitty. This guy is anal slinger, yeah. dude. He's like Harry Aslicker. You guys like, do on. know we know him. His parents. Do you recognize him? Connor? Yeah, the I name re- does sound The name familiar. sounds like somebody we've talked anal about slinger? before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Harry Manback Anal Slinger is. Um, so he's the reason why marijuana has been like Schedule One forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. He started this whole thing. Yep, and I'm he was here. against it. Yep. Yeah. So with the name he like was anal against slinger, it, so I don't like he marijuana. was against it because he didn't Fucker. want it to be slashed. Like he didn't want the budget to be slashed. He didn't want to lose his money. So he was doing whatever he could to keep the federal bureaus of narcotics. Gotcha. So by that he oh. was he was focusing on marijuana as being the enemy. I get it. That makes sense actually. So during Anslinger's anti-marijuana crusade, Anslinger found several cases where people had committed violence offenses purportedly while high and, and presented them per, and presented. Whoa, 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 what, whoa, whoa. whoa. So a- Anslinger was, was getting high while, while. Doing no, a, he wasn't oh, high. These people were committing offenses gotcha, while high. Gotcha. On marijuana. On marijuana. Yeah. So, so just as a reminder, we talked about Harry Anslinger in our episode about Billie Holiday. We That's did. right. And he I remember that. was. I remember hearing that episode. Yeah. Not only like the first commissioner of the Federal Narcotics Bureau, but he was also uh, reportedly an extreme racist. And he said that black jazz musicians were dangerous in particular because they were creating what he called satanic music while they were under the influence of marijuana. During Anslinger's anti-marijuana crusade, Anslinger found several cases where people had committed violent offenses, reportedly while high, and presented them to Congress. Anslinger consulted 30 doctors to confirm that weed was linked to a violent crime. But 29 said there was no connection. One loser Louisiana doctor claiming that the drugs produced excitement, delusion, hallucinations, and a tendency to be willful damage and violent using the term marijuana menace. So Anslinger peddled the message and Anslinger was able to criminalize marijuana with the 1937 Marijuana Tax Act. And that, my friends, is why some people can't get high. That sounds kind of crazy. Like, first of all, it became a criminal offense due to the Marijuana Tax Act. Like, you just couldn't buy it after that. Right, yep, that's when it became outlawed. And also, he consulted 30 doctors (laughs) 29 of them said there's no link, and he went with the one who 
confirmed his, his yeah sounds it's like a, today's media that's his confirmation <laughs> right? bias shit has not changed exactly 1936 white was hired by anzinger for the fbn that's the federal bureau of narcotics but immediately screwed it up and by immediately i mean on his first day Anzinger sent White to San Francisco, where he was told to go undercover as a pimp and to find a heroin dealer. White was learning on the job. So wait, they just learned about marijuana, but they know what fucking heroin is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you, it, okay. it seems like it would be easier to start with marijuana than heroin. Right, like, let's find a marijuana dealer. But no, he has to go to San Francisco for the heroin. This seems like uh, a movie, like an undercover, like yeah. they're going to take a Border Patrol agent from... The U.S.-Mexico border sent him to San Francisco undercover. A really, really a cool movie. Yeah. Yeah, we're at the top of the roller coaster right now. I oh, could be oh, anal slinger oh. if you want. You, you want me to be <laughs> anal slinger for the role? You could be white. White hunter. God. So his first mission, he got his money stolen by a heroin dealer. White trusted him, gave him his money, and for the deal, the dealer took off. Out of the money, which would be taken out of his paycheck, he tried again. This time, he met a dealer. And he told him he would follow him. He went to the drug dealer's house, gave him the cash, but the dealer disappeared. This time, however, White was able to track the guy down in a park. And White was able to ask for his money and identified himself as a cop. The dealer pulled out a knife and charged White. So White shot him in the head, which only bounced off his skull. And the dealer kept charging for White. Oh my God. So he shot again, <laughs> this time aiming for the abdomen. And the dealer would bleed out. So this guy really didn't belong with the FBI and should have just stuck to... Uh... He was a fucking alien, dude. <laughs> the bullet bounced off his head and continued to still run for White. Well, Hunter White is a shitty officer. He was. Yeah. <laughs> he can't shoot for shit. Like, he's losing his money to dope dealers. Could you imagine this being your, like, you're being this, your first day. First, you lose your money. Yeah. And then, you're almost getting your money stolen again. But you track him down in a park, and now you, there's this altercation, and then you shoot him, but it ricochets off his skull. It bounces off his skull, and he's still going after you, so now you gotta shoot him. Like, this is your first day on the job. He, he Have you guys stuck. had bad first days on the job? Yeah. He yeah, found the heroin heroin dealer though. As an yeah, undercover yeah, yeah. agent, the, you're you're supposed to wait a little while longer before you say, hey, "I'm a cop." Yeah, yeah. Uh, he should have stuck to Border Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> He's not good in the uh, the uh, DEA or FBN as it was called then. Yeah, right. Sounds like it's not really his gig at mm. all. He doesn't seem very good undercover. Either he well, was on heroin, or the dude he shot was on heroin, <laughs> or he was high. One I, of those I would things. think that the dude he shot was on heroin, right? and that's the why, like. I, the adrenaline and just so white wasn't fired but instead sent to seattle here he was the principal agent in one of the most extraordinary fbn operations ever conducted when in the mid 1930s it was investigated the hip sing tong a chinese criminal organization and after months of tracking the movement of the hip sing tong members at various locations around the country, White not only managed to infiltrate the highest level of the Chinese underworld in the United States, he was sworn in as one of the members. It was a pretty neat trick. Wait. Yeah, wait. wait. <laughs> Hold on. Before you continue, he was sworn in as a member of the Hip Sing Tong? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he infiltrated them. So Hunter, he found something Hunter he was good White? at. I know he seems like such an idiot. <laughs> so 
sounds like Batman. I gotta, you know what? I gotta see what this guy looks like. <laughs> Can we find Hunter White? Yeah, so, yeah it's George Hunter White. So, so for, does George Hunter White look Asian? No, he's a Caucasian man. <laughs> And in 1937, after... <laughs> <laughs> he looks Asian in that picture. Wait, which picture? Are you, he looks like... Uh, that could be Asian. You, yeah, same. same. Too. Come on. <laughs> looks like my friend's uncle. This guy... He kind of looks like Elmer Fudd to me. He looks more, more like... Like, I either get Elmer Fudd or P Porky Pig. Like, you combine the two, then you get George Hunter White. Dude, how could this guy ever go undercover as anything but uh, like a newspaper man? <laughs> <laughs> so Which he was, was part of their. So he was part of you know the Chinese. He got like now. jumped in, kind of. He's yeah, part yeah. of that. So game. Now, he now infiltrated. He's part now he's undercover, and so after a two-year investigation, he sent fifty agents into action nationwide. <laughs> White's unusual undercover work resulted in seventy-five arrests, almost all of them eventually convictions. It was the front page of a story of the New York Times. So remember when we were talking about our Billy Holiday episode and we were talking about Billy being set up by the manager and her boyfriend, John Levy, with dope charges and being in the hotel room. And then they were saying that she dropped the dope, the dope in the toilet. Mm -hmm. Well, George Hunter White was the investigator who could have planted the drugs with John Levy for Anzinger, who was on the crusade against Holiday and her jazz music. So this gentleman is the cop that supposedly set up Billy Holiday. What an asshole. Wow. Yeah, so it all, somehow all our podcasts somehow link one way or another. Yeah. So this guy is infamous in American history? We don't talk about him. George Hunter White, we don't talk about him? We know. Or Harry I mean, Asslicker? Yeah, what happened to Anal Slinger? Is he still, <laughs> is he in something? Mm. Oh no, he hired Mr. White. Yes. Okay, I get it. So his FBI file has noted that George White has undergone top secret training by British intelligence to be a secret agent attending Camp X. White was one of the first eight Americans ever sent here for training. And random fact, Camp X was established the day before Pearl Harbor happened. Wow. So it's Is that coincidence, you think? Yeah. A camp for undercover spies happens the day before Pearl Harbor. Interesting. Dr. Sidney Gottlieb sought out and even got permission from Anzinger to work as a contract for the CIA. And if there was ever a rogue elephant in the FBN, it was white. While other scientists and CIA contractors were charged with dosing the substance through laboratories, universities, hospitals, and prisons, white's territory for his MK Ultra assignment involved unsuspecting citizens in large U.S. cities. Gottlieb had heard that the KGB was attempting to buy what possibly could be what amounted to the world supply of LSD somewhere, about 50 million doses. Gottlieb heard that Sandoz Laboratory and the Swiss chemical company that had accidentally manufactured the synthesized chemical compound had 10 kilograms of LSD. So he bought it all at $240,000. Whoa. That's a lot sound, back then. That sounds like a steal, actually. <laughs> <laughs> for back then, $240,000 for 10, 10 kilograms, only to find out that that was an operative off by a factor of 1 million, that in fact, they had 10 milligrams. That was all they made during the 10 years that it had been discovered. Wait a minute. 10 milligrams. They thought they had 10 kilograms, but they only had 10 milligrams? <laughs> yes. Get That's the a big fuck out of here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of a big difference, right? <laughs> yes, this is history, That's guys. That's like saying 10 inches to like 10 centimeters, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, okay. Right, okay. right. Not, the not good quite. analogy. <laughs> 10 centimeters is still decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still got something. 
The CIA oh. created a monopoly with the LSD. Gottlieb made arrangements with the laboratory that they would send 100 grams of LSD per week and refuse sale to countries like Russia and China and inform them if any other countries wanted to purchase the drug. White's home base was New York, and there in Greenwich Village, he had a second apartment which he wired with microphones and two-way mirrors connected to the apartment next door that he also rented out. He had sculptures and murals all over the walls, creating this illusion that he was the struggling artist. This was a safe house, a place where the CIA could conduct business under surveillance. And under the pseudonym Morgan Hall, he used it to go back to beatnik bars in the area and disguise and lure unsuspecting victims back to his apartment, where he would drug them and interrogate them, making notes of dosage and what happened and how the victim reacted. I see where we're going with this. Where we're, we we're over the thing a little bit. We're right there. So now, yeah, yeah, we're we're now starting to get down into the sex part of it. No, no. And and for clarity, that's more like comparing ten inches to three football fields. <laughs> that's ten inches to okay, I was off for sure. I was definitely off. Damn. Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> it was that big of a difference, though, is what yeah, you're saying. Well, it's it's ridiculous. So they paid $240,000 for 10 milligrams <laughs> yeah. rather than 10 kilograms. But, like, what's 10 milligrams? Like a paperclip? Yeah. Yeah. How does he not know the difference, though? The guy's fucking CIA director. He's like, this is 10 kilograms. Like, that's, it's because that's he's awful. worried about the, he's smoking all the marijuana. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what year was this? I don't remember. 1930s? If it was 1930, then that would be worth about $4 million today. Wow. So basically, White wanted to know how the victims would react. Did they talk? Did they freak out? Did they get paranoid? He sometimes ride the subway with a small aerosol of the drugs and expose unsuspecting passengers of the drug. He would write out details of the experiment in a clinical way that would excuse him from responsibility. So imagine taking a subway. Mm-hmm. And then there's this aerosol that you are breathing in, okay. and now it's LSD, and now you're <sighs> tripping fucking balls. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas oh. in the ass. Well, okay, so <laughs> Wait, what? That actually, that actually probably would work better for me. I think I get more. Wait, the banana in the ass would work better for you? <laughs> Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now you're putting words into my mouth or bananas into my ass. Um, <laughs> But you wouldn't know, right? So you have no like, idea. You know, I used to. I, I mean, I, I had my my LSD experience like decades ago when I was in my youth. But um, I think like the the scariest part about it is I like the anticipation because you took it yourself, right? So like there was an aerosol in the subway, and you didn't know what was happening to you. And would that be more scary saying, or less scary? It would be more scary. And now someone's watching your reactions and then you're just going, you're, you're tripping bananas and then you leave. <laughs> you have no idea what's happening, but you're tripping. And this guy just lets you go off into the city of New York tripping bananas. Well, yeah. Like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. No, I, I think that, I think I'd probably prefer it that way. I'd probably prefer <laughs> not to know that I was ghost with that. Don't they just, do that when you go into a store, they play like specific music, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And they, yeah. The right? Mu music. Music. This, this is how they were dousing people with LSD, by the way. Oh, look at that. Wow. I mean, people that were agreeing to it. Yeah. That guy doesn't look like an LSD type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of them do. But they, they each took a couple of squirts, I'm sure. Interesting. Wow. It didn't take White long to veer his experiments in the directions of illicit sex. 
He transferred to San Francisco in 1955 and set up the brothels in the city of Telegraph Hills neighborhood. He wanted the spot to have a French whorehouse look. Well, who wouldn't? You Gotta know? go French. Um, so this was his idea too. This was this was White wants to keep doing these experiments, and now he wants to do it in, in, in more of a brothel type of feel. He got horny, right? Did he? Not did he, but did, like, he? did he? Did he? <laughs> Can you answer? Well, that? he went from uh, doing this to like prisoners and these, you know, undercover to now he wants. Brothels. So you're saying he was just he was just trying to get he was just trying to get some ass. I mean, I'm sure that he was working and wanting ass at the same yeah. time. He's like, how can I get? Like, I'm done with these prisoners. Yeah. I want How can ass. I just get prostitutes around me and still test my LSD theories? Yeah, and he could probably yeah. do it with them. Yeah. The operative decorated the walls with Toulouse-Lautrec prints, photos of can-can dancers, and images of women in bondage and S&M scenarios. To complete the setup, he installed two-way mirrors for agents to sit behind and watch. Mm-hmm. The sex workers picked up the Johns at local bars and brought them to local makeshift brothels. White and his fellow agents preferred men from working class or financially disadvantaged backgrounds. The idea was the subject was limited to social status and that would attract the least attention and would be less likely to cause any issues. Well, I like this story less now. I thought that these were guys that went into the brothels, and but these were just guys that they picked up at the bar? Just yeah. guys that they picked up. And they had training to pick these men up. And they were also being paid by the CAA. And if they were getting arrested, they also had a get out of jail free pass because all they had to say was they were George's girl. Okay, so let me ask you this. They had special privileges. Were they taking these guys home like, hey, this is my place. I'm staying at this motel. Or did the guys know that they were hiring a sex worker? The guys knew. So they were getting paid double. They were, they were getting dipping. paid from the CIA. Hmm. But then it's not getting... authentic, right? <laughs> what would not be authentic? <laughs> Because aren't they trying to find something about like what? They're just trying to experiment to see how brains are working on these drugs and how people are reacting. Well, to that's them. what I mean. So if they like know, wait, right? So, but were they dosing them or yeah, giving they, them an option? No, yeah. these men had no idea what was happening. So, were they dosing them at the bar and then taking them back to this brothel? No, they would dose them at the brothel. Or would they take them like go? Hey, do you want to come to this brothel? Was that is was that? Kind no, of they a, would go. Do you want to come back to my place? And they would take them to the brothel where they would go into a room where there was a two-way mirror where a CIA official would be on the other side watching them do their business and taking notes on what was happening to the the subject who was now being drugged. How many of those guys were stroking it as they were watching? That's (laughs) what I was thinking too. It feels wrong. It feels wrong. I mean, I would probably be one of those guys, but (laughs) it is what it is. So, of course, official documents employed vague and bureaucratic language when portraying the encounters. A report written by Gottlieb that survived the purge described the process as certain individuals, a.k.a. the prostitutes, would covertly administer the material, a.k.a. the drugs, to other people, a.k.a. the Johns, in accordance with White's instructions. White paid the women with agency funds and chits. <laughs> chits. How do you pronounce it? Chits? Chits. chits. It's like chips with a T. Yeah, chits. Yeah, yeah, like, chips. There you go. Chits. Not like shits. It's like chits. Chits. They could use as favors to get out of jail. If you were wondering what, what the, the artwork fuck? of Toulouse-Lautrec, uh, the painter. Th- that's a Toulouse-Lautrec original? It is. Yeah, it looks like a girl from Violin Street in Castaic. <laughs> And who's this guy? Did you even uh, notice him? Yeah, who I is did, that and guy? And then there's Sloth from Goonies in the background. Oh my gosh. That guy was a freak. 
Deviants were not the only subject to the CIA's LSD experiment. Defense Department employee Frank Olson, who had been working with MKUltra program, allegedly ran through a window and fell to his death from the 10th floor of the Statler Hotel in New York City. Several days before, Olson had been given a serendipitous dose of LSD by Dr. Gottlieb. Olson's death was ruled a suicide by the CIA and the NYPD, and the CIA also tried to dose Fidel Castro with LSD. But I should add, with Frank Olson's death, his body was recently exhumed. Wow. And they found that there was actually a head trauma from before he jumped, and it was impossible. So now they're considering it to be a murder. Really? Because he wanted to get out of this. He wanted to get out of this project because he didn't feel it was right. And then he he committed suicide a couple of days later but now there's evidence after his body being exhumed that he was possibly murdered instead. so there was actual head trauma like a, like a blunt force trauma to his head and like and, maybe and thrown the, out yeah, thrown because like. when he because in the the room where he died he went through the blinds why would you go through the blinds if you're going to throw run out a window and throw yourself out a window why not lift the blinds the blinds were closed and, and who runs through. out a window don't you open the window that, that's exactly what the window was closed. Well, yeah. if you're fucked up on LSD, the, the, so the window wasn't broken. Like, but he just, wasn't like, fucked up through. on LSD. Dude, at you got to be pretty strong in a hotel window. <laughs> I don't know the quality in 1930. And that shit in the movies, like, they don't, you don't, like, glass is pretty tough. It, especially back then, they yeah. didn't have tempered glass. It would, it yeah. would break into, like, the big shards, not the. Uh, yeah. So he wasn't on LSD at the time. It was a couple of days before he was given a dose. He didn't realize it. He wasn't told. Then he said, this isn't ethical for me. But he had also said, remember when we talked about the POWs from before who went to trial? Mm -hmm. He had also said that he believed their stories because he was working on these, the drugs and everything they were talking about. So he believed that this was happening to those POWs. And so this was more of a conspiracy theory of was he did he really jump out the window because he was one of 12 people who knew what happened to those POWs. Mm. And then they started talking and he was vocal saying, I believe him. Then he wanted out of the project and then he ends up committing suicide. Uh, and then like, fuck it, we're going after Fidel. Motive. Yes, and have you even heard, like looked into the many assassination tips of Fidel Castro that all failed? No. Those are wild. Like they wanted to put tuberculosis because he was a diver. So they wanted to put tuberculosis in like his scuba equipment and give him tuberculosis while he was under the sea <laughs> or exploding. Why don't you just drown him? Or exploding. <laughs> they wanted to create. It's so fucking complicated. <laughs> so let me give him tuberculosis no, 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 no. as he's in the Pacific fucking yeah. ocean diving. Well, I think it would be the Atlantic. Or the Atlantic. <laughs> okay. I'm bad with history. Okay. Well, that's geography. <laughs> geography. See, I told you. Or they even wanted Wait. to create exploding seashells that they put in the ocean. Wouldn't it be in the. Uh... Are you looking at me? Or are you looking at Connor? every one of these things? Sounds like what like the villains in the Batman TV show would try to come up with these I exploding swear seashells. To God. Then they had a mistress of Castro. They wanted him to put. They wanted her to put like cold cream. Like poison in her his cold cream that he would put on his face, but she didn't do it, and he caught her. And yeah, there were many attempts, and Castro 
Mr. Like by them his all. own people or any of these from people outside? No, by us. Instead of by giving, us, right? Yeah. By Americans. Yeah. Right? Instead of giving that lady like a poisonous cream to put on his face, she, they could have just handed her a gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Or throw him out the window. That <laughs> seems but, a little more complicated. Than, I mean, it's wild to look up the assassination attempts on Fidel Castro. And if you ever get bored, I would suggest doing it and being like, what the fuck are we thinking? But I feel like this whole topic is a what the fuck was America thinking back then too amen fidel died natural causes right yes so back at the brothel the sex workers would sometimes when they wanted to drug their their johns they would put the lsd on swizzle sticks what is that the swizzle sticks is what you put in the the hard drink you know the and stir it around oh it's kind of more like I'm thinking like a coffee stir. Kind of like that, like but it's that, for a hard drink. Yeah. And so they would lace it. That would be laced with LSD. And then oh. they would make the drink. And then they put it in there. And then that's how they would they would um, drug their Johns. Oh. So that was what MK Ultra was about. Entrapping and compromising politicians, friends, and foes alike. It was well known within the intelligence research community. And it was known not only to espionage insiders but white was giving lsd to average vulnerable people and just let them wander around the city that sounds so messed up i don't like when uh the government's ex- you know it's because of stuff like this that we've got half the population thinking that these True. covid vaccinations are uh the government trying to control us with their microchips and all that right i mean yeah it is a kind of a good point and they, these two topics kind of do align because at one time the government was giving us lsd and there was like george george hunter white was a sexual deviant he was into you know the bondage and the smm but at that time that I mean, that is normal for us now, but at that time, no, that was happening. Yeah, is it? Is it? I mean, I I'm, not, I'm, not one to, I'm not one to kink shame, but I mean, some people like that stuff and that's good to them. But back then it was, he was a swinger. He was like, into all, all of this stuff. And now like he gets his job even though he's this sexual deviant, is to sit behind a mirror and he drinks his alcohol watching people have sex while he's sitting on a bucket to piss in. He doesn't even want to leave his spot. So Sounds he like just... OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> and some scat. Except I'm on the toilet. So most of MK Ultra's records were deliberately destroyed in 1973 by the order of the CIA director, Richard Helms. It's difficult, if not impossible, to have a complete understanding of what more than 150 individually funded research subprojects sponsored MLK and what was related to the CIA program. So basically they rushed and destroyed most of the documents they could find because it was deemed unethical to be randomly drugging people without their consent or knowledge. And they didn't want to get busted. So Gottlieb said, hey, we're about to get caught. We're going to need to destroy everything. So they did, but they didn't, they weren't successful in destroying everything. Well, that's called entrapment right now. Is that entrapment? Who would they get caught by? They're the CIA. They're the ones that do all the investigating. Well, I mean, what they were doing was illegal. Yeah, no one is above the law. It's like, I'm going to make the test and the answers. Well, I'm going to get a fucking A. That's very true. So 8,000 pages of records that are mostly, mostly financial documents were mistakenly not destroyed in 1973 and were found in 1977 launching a second round of inquiries of MK Ultra. Like they they forgot a box or they they misplaced a box. This is decades later. Yeah. 
eight thousand. Yeah, and I believe there's a, a bunch of, pages, of lawsuits right? going on against the against the country about people who were randomly drugged. Still? And even with the whole Frank Olson thing now being investigated as a murder instead of a suicide. Yeah, but that was 45 years ago that they launched that second run of inquiries. George White in 1963 became seriously ill with cirrhosis of the liver. And by 1965, his weight was down to 135 pounds. Upon his retirement, he was appointed fire marshal in Stimson Beach, California. And he continued to drink and surround himself with adoring deviance until his death in 1975. Good job, George what Hunter White. the heck? Adoring deviance? Adoring his deviant deviance. As yeah. the fire marshal. This guy had a lot of hats. And <laughs> he did. <laughs> from Jimmy Border hats. Patrol to Narcotics Bureau to... Yeah, undercover. Shitting he, in a bucket. He seems like for Shitting the most in a part... Bucket. I think that was his pride yeah. and joy right there. He, he was the wrong guy for most of these jobs, but he kind of created one for himself. He was the wrong guy for most of these jobs, but still the right guy for the seediest. Wow, what a story. Right? This is history. Do they still use some of his findings in today's military or today's kind of There were no research? real actual findings of LSD or anything. If anything they got out of here was probably yeah. how Captain America in the Marvel movies came about by injecting Steve Rogers. Is that his name? Steve Rogers in the yeah. movie? Drugs and now he became this he was the small kid and now injecting him he's this Captain America character. I think that's the most successful thing they came out of there. What do you think <laughs> their Marvel's purpose making... was though? Like when they started this they wanted to see how they LSD were convinced could help, right? They could save Drugs the... help us. They were convinced they could save the world by being able to alter the minds of Soviets and you know other enemy countries. Yeah. So they so... were trying here in order to use those methods against our enemies and they were thinking that this is how we're going to protect our country. It was probably it was probably two ways, right? It was probably finding out the benefits of it to help our soldiers if it ended up not being something that would be Steve Rogers-esque, right? Then to use it I, against I'm our gonna enemies. I'm going to be honest, I just have a hard on for Chris Evans right now. <laughs> All right, well this was uh, Operation Midnight Climax is what it was called officially, I believe. And what a crazy ride that was. But uh, we appreciate that uh, Diddy came on to join us for this uh, crazy journey. Thank Diddy, you, guys. Diddy, Diddy, Diddy. Appreciate the opportunity. See? I'm grateful. This podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I have to admit, when you say that, it gives me a little tingle inside. My nipple got hard, but I've known you for a while. <laughs> That's <laughs> we're, we're cool. We're cool. <laughs> And if you have a charity you'd like to suggest, just go ahead and DM us on our Instagram at Madam's Hose, H-E-A-U-X-S and Jigglos. Thanks for listening. 